Introducing Aliveness, so happy to have you here for a very spacious conversation about curiosity. And I am Jen Halterman, and this is Tamara Yonker. Hello, Tamara. Good morning, everyone. <laughs> I am excited to play with curiosity today. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. I, you know, we, we all have our own relationship with curiosity. What does it mean? Does it trigger fear? Because it, it really is an invitation out of the conclusion state. Like, what does it bring it up for you? Um, what's your relationship with it? And my personal sense is that following my curiosity is like having a sidekick with a wicked sense of humor. I feel like curiosity sometimes is like, hey, Jen, look at this. And I'll go, yeah, what is it? And it says, just hand me your beer. I'll hold it for you while you go do this thing. <laughs> because it does. It's like this. It feels like curiosity is like a constant buddy that's always doing the double dog dare that I fall for every time. It's very playful. It's like, I don't know what this is going to be. Curiosity is, in fact, a state that if I'm not in a space of curiosity, I refuse to paint. Like, there is no canvas and paint play. It would be work. It would be force. It would be, you know, have to. It would be formats. And that isn't fun for me. So if curiosity isn't Mm. present, um, I don't do it. And so that's really where I come to when it comes to curiosity. And that's my experience of um, my relationship with curiosity is very much a very mischievous playmate, and I love it. Mm-hmm. So what is your awareness about curiosity, Tamara? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, and I love what you just said about I have I have a sense just getting started that an hour is not going to be enough. One of these, you know, sometimes you get to the, we're like, oh, my God, that was the fastest <laughs> show ever. It's going to be one of those. <laughs> yep. Um, the way you said no force and, and this is something that like, I've been aware since I was a kid, um, the insatiable curiosity, always taking me down some rabbit hole, something piques my interest and I'm like, Ooh, what's that? What can I know about that? What is there to learn about that? And it's just like, it just keeps me going. And it, it's, um, when you're curious about something, there is an absence of force that is so palpable, it's like you can't keep yourself away from the thing you're curious about. I mean, it's, it, even if you get, even if it says, you know, mom's like, okay, come on, you know, it's dinner time, and then you're sitting there at dinner the whole time, and you're like, can't wait to get back to the thing. I want to go, okay, can we get to, is it, can, can I be excused yet? Can I be excused yet? Because I want to get back to the thing that I was like playing with in my curiosity, and that's where, that's what my energy is. It's almost like that flow space where, you forget time, you forget, like, like you're so immersed in whatever the thing is that you're curious about that, uh, at least for me, it's almost like the rest of the world ceases to exist. And I t- it's just me in that play and communion with whatever the thing is that I've got my attention on in that moment. <clears throat> and I love that it's an absence of force. It's this natural desire to play with something. And I've, I've said many times before, whatever you put your attention on that way, in that way, it will reveal its secrets to you. Um, and I love that about me, truly love that about me. I have always loved my ability to be, um, it's almost like I'm easily amused. I'm self-amused. I'm self, I don't get bored. Like I don't, I don't, I do not get bored. I don't even know how people get bored because I have so much curiosity about so many things. It's usually one of those, there's not enough time in the day, like to, to play with everything I'm curious about. 
And it was interesting that yesterday I was having a conversation with uh, a friend that, you know, it's kind of like one of those catch-up conversations we hadn't talked in a while. And she's like, so what have you been up to? What's new kind of thing? And I started telling her about, you know, all the playful things I've been curious about lately and da-da-da-da-da. And it, it really was. It's Lately it's been feeling like I've got my fingers in so many different things and, and my curiosity pulling me in so many different directions. And as I was talking to her, I started to say a sentence, and then I stopped mid-sentence, and I was like, oh! She's like, what? And I said, I just noticed what was about to come out of my mouth. And um, it was uh, something of, something like, you know, my insatiable curiosity getting me into trouble again, or something something of that nature, with the word trouble in it. And I was like, oh, my gosh. I didn't know that was in there, like somewhere, who knows when, who knows where, like I can't return to the scene of the crime, but somewhere something got stuck in my universe about my insatiable curiosity, which I actually do love, I love it, but probably I bought somebody else's point of view or it got me into trouble. And I looked at that, and I was like, oh, isn't that interesting? And I love – so then I got curious about that. <laughs> and I was like, oh, what's that about? Because like, I don't have a point of view that, you know, my curiosity gets me into trouble. But clearly there was some remnant, some bit of debris that was still – because it wouldn't have come out of my mouth. I would have never said that mm-hmm. had there not been some little remnant of something that um, – where, you know, perhaps I was curious and I got into trouble with something or, it you know, it, it caused, it was, there was the association after asking a few questions and getting curious about it was the association was it was troublesome. There was some troublesome, and I was like, okay, well, I don't, I don't, that's not mine. You know, I <laughs> return to sender and we'll just clear that out because I, I don't buy that. But it's funny how we have these remnants. We can have these remnants from a bygone day, you know, who knows, when that got that little seed kind of, and it, it's almost like a, it's like a rock in your shoe. You know, you're walking along and you're walking along and you're like, ah, oh, there's something in my shoe. There's something in my shoe. And eventually, you know, after a while, you, you, you sit down and you take your shoe off and you're like, oh, there's a rock in my shoe. So it's kind of like that. It's like this little thing that's in your energetic field and you may not totally notice it, but, you know, until I almost said that sentence, like I caught myself mid-sentence and was able to recognize there was a bit of debris in there, just a bit of debris. And I was like, well, I want to clear that out because I love being curious. It's a huge enhancement to my life. Um, so that was kind of fun to just notice that and be able to be like, bye-bye. <laughs> Bye, debris. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's very interesting how it takes us down such different paths and to be in curiosity we let go of all that. We let go of what it has to be. You know, people say, well, I'm very curious about this. But really what they're doing is they're searching for the conclusion, proof of the conclusion. Mm. And it takes mm. them right out of curiosity. So if, you're, if your idea of, of being in curiosity is exploring the um, equation that will reach the conclusion that you want or that you are looking at, that's it, that's a little different. Like you can be curious about what creates a formula. You can. And if you are going through a system that is, you know, limited and locked down, that that's, a, I, from my point of view, that's just a little bit different. I, I, that to me is not the spaciousness or the curiosity that I choose. 
when I'm doing that, I'm seeking. I'm not in curiosity. I'm actually researching mm-hmm. and I'm seeking. And I love that too. I love being in that state of seeking. And to me, when I am in total curiosity, it is a state of surrender. It is absolute vulnerability because I have no attachment to what it is that I am, you know, open to receiving. I have no idea what is ahead. And I can remember as I was contemplating the show today and just kind of being in my morning routine going, okay, curiosity, show me what it is that, like, what's my experience with you? Show me our past relationship. Show me what got me here so that I can have things remind me stuff so that I could, you know, talk about it on the show. So I'm just kind of in my little meditation. I look out our front window while I'm making coffee and the kitchen, and I remember having a conversation with my children and I. We'd gotten in the car. We'd done one of our wanders. And all that means is we fill up the tank of gas, and we would drive any direction until we had done half of the tank. Like we knew how many miles to go before we were half. And because the plan was, even if we didn't know where we were, we could turn around and get back home. And so that was kind of the plan. So we did one of our wanders, and this was a regular weekend activity for us. And we had ended up in Wyoming somewhere, and we had accidentally found this bear park, this bear refuge place and where you can actually go. And it's all about bears, and there's bears you can pet, and you can feed the baby bears. And it was this huge rush for my kids. And so we'd gone about it. And then as time went on, I was like, you know, uh, we had dinner plans. I have to make a phone call. So I made a phone call to my folks and said, hey, we're going to be a little bit late. And they're like, okay, is everything okay? I'm like, yeah, we just can't get back in time. They're like, back from where, you know? And I'm like, oh, we, we went on a wander today. We ended up in Idaho. And, and, and all this, she's like, I thought you were going to Wyoming because my mother had a conclusion about what that meant. And the truth is we had just taken a turn. Our curiosity had made us turn. And so there was this this frantic panic that came over my mother about where are you? So if you break down, we can find you, you know, because she, in her mind we had gone a diff- different direction. And by the time we had returned, the kids and I, we were hysterical. We were laughing. You know, we'd eaten all kinds of curiosity food from gas stations. We were wired to beat the band. We were all kinds of lit up with adventure. And we come back in and we're sitting at dinner and, and my parents who are very, very, um, they like to live the safe life. And uh, my stepdad looks at me and he said, you must really like putting yourself in danger. <laughs> I, I did my, my suddenly I'm six years old and I sit up really tall and I go, oh, what? And he said, you must really like putting yourself in danger. And I said, was I, and I looked at the kids, were we someplace dangerous? And they're like, maybe, we don't know. We're having too much fun to notice. And what happened was he revealed all the, all the ways that not having a plan was dangerous in his mind. And he, his concern, truly his concern was that our safety was not secure. It was not assured that we had put ourselves in danger because he didn't know how to rescue us if we needed it. And it actually was a very kind, it was a very huge expression of love for him to express how scared he was. Even though for the, you know, five hours before when we had been off in our shenanigans, he did not know to be scared. When he realized that he should have been scared the entire time, it all caught up to him. 
And it was so fascinating to see that for him, that was, it was very loving. It was actually very vulnerable for him to share that. And we ended up having a conversation and we made some agreements about, you know, if I cross a state line, I'm supposed to at least let my know, let my parents know what state I'm crossing into. (laughs) And it was just this really loving conversation. It was really sweet, really cool. And as we were going home, my son from the back seat says, Mom, I decided something. I said, what? And he said, I'm really glad I'm not your brother. And I was like, what? What the hell? Where does that come from? What? And he said, because I would be so different if I was Grandpa's son. And it was such an interesting thing because it brought up this really yummy conversation about we live our life in curiosity. It's not scary And it actually brought a lot of compassion for my children to have more understanding from the point of view that their grandfather was always coming from. When he was drilling them, interrogating them, lecturing them, he was coming from fear. And they knew that. And it actually softened their resistance and reaction to him and his fear. And instead, they'd be like, yeah, that's pretty scary for you, huh, Grandpa? And then they could go on and still, you know, do their choices. But it, was, it, it just brings so much awareness when we look at what is our relationship with curiosity. Yours just was like, oh, my gosh, somewhere, somewhere it got implanted that it leads to trouble. For mine, it was lack of safety was the message. And so if you have, if you're listening, you're like, oh, I resist curiosity because X, Y, Z. Are you still in that situation? Time to let go of that old story. Mm-hmm. That's what I would ask. Mm-hmm. Uh, absolutely. And because, you know, when I shared that about uh, curiosity being, you know, getting me into trouble or being troublesome or whatever, there there is a memory. I don't. I don't know that this is what it is, you know, like I don't, I don't have a particular association with that. Um, Sometimes people do. Sometimes people go, oh my gosh, I remember when I was 10 years old and my mom did that and they'll have a specific memory of like when they remember making that decision or when when they remember when they bought that, you know, that curiosity is, um, can get you into trouble or whatever. I do have a memory. This is an interesting one. Just <laughs> perhaps I should do a little uh, disclaimer here. <laughs> when I was a when I was a kid, and this is a fuzzy memory. It's not a clear memory. It's a fuzzy memory. But I had an extra neighbor. Uh, you know, I was little. Like I was younger than nine. I don't I don't remember exactly because my childhood's sort of a blur. But um, I know it was younger than nine because that's when we moved. My next-door neighbor was, uh, he was a little boy who was a year younger than me. Like, our birthdays were like a day apart, so he was almost exactly a year younger than me. And we used to play together because we were little kids together. We were next-door neighbors. And one time, I remember getting caught playing with his pee-pee. You know? (laughs) 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 Because I was curious. I'm like, what is that? You know what I mean? I don't know. Little little kid, right? Little kid. Like I said, it's a fuzzy memory, but I do remember that's what I was doing, and I got caught. Now, I don't have the association with, you know, curiosity. I, I don't remember that I made that association that curiosity gets you into trouble at that time. However, it could have been. I don't know. I just remember that, you know, here's here's something that 
what kid wouldn't be curious? I'm a girl. I have girl parts. You're, oh, you got it. What's that? Like, you got boy parts. Like, you know, who wouldn't be curious about that at five years old or six years old? I don't know. That's me. But my whoever caught us, my mother, his mother, that part's fuzzy too. Somebody caught us and made us made me wrong. They made me wrong. Mm-hmm. Instead of just, you know, acknowledging that I'm a curious kid, they made me wrong for it. So it's quite possible that in that moment, my curiosity was like, oh, that's a bad thing to be curious about mm-hmm. something that's different or something that, you know, anything. Who knows? I don't know. I don't have the association, but I do remember that I have that memory of getting caught for that. So who knows? <laughs> you, you, you can – this is the thing. When we create these associations, like curios, curiosity equals getting in trouble, Right. Mm-hmm. Or curiosity equals blank, you know, mom yelling at me. Or curiosity equals, like, who knows what your experience with curiosity might be. If it wasn't enhanced, if it wasn't invited, if it wasn't, like, um, <clears throat> I mean, that's because I'm super curious. Like, when I was with my, whenever I was with my uh, my nephews when they were really young, and they'd be curious about stuff, I'd get right in there with them. I'd be like, oh, yeah, I wonder what happens if we do this. And, you know, like I was right alongside them. I I just was like, sure, let's, whatever they wanted to do, I was like, let's do it. I never made their curiosity wrong. I always just got, and, you know, when there's safety issues involved, then you might say, well, here's something that might happen if we were to do that, right? So you kind of invite them to look at it themselves and say, well, if we were to do that, What's, what could that possibly create instead of, like, you know, <clears throat> yelling at them or, you know, don't you know mm-hmm. that that's not safe or blah, blah, blah. You can invite them to to enhance. There's a way of, like, enhancing that curiosity to see what that curiosity might create if it's leading off in an unsafe direction. So, right. I yeah, I you know, there's ways of, of um, I'd say, uh inviting and enlivening and igniting and playing with somebody else's curiosity or your own, or there's ways of squashing it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Right. Well, and I look at it now and I think, okay, so fast forward, here I am. Wait, I'm in the present. I'm an adult. I am an adult. I'm, you know, I have the, the rules of safety that I need to have on board for most of the situations I'm in. You know, I know to look both directions before crossing the street. I know to, you know, I, I have all of that awareness within me. So I've got that, and I've also got my back. I have this knowing that if I am doing something dangerous, I'll get that tingly sensation, that little jolt of awareness that says, hey, something's off, and I will, I'll check it. So I'm in this situation now. So when I consider this situation, why the hell wouldn't I be curious? Like what in me could possibly, and I'm saying this from somebody who was in lockdown and, you know, a mighty, mighty iron rod of stick up my ass for a lot of years. And, you know, I've been there. I've been super, super rigid. And now here I am saying, I don't need that anymore. I have zero interest in being rigid. I have zero interest in even being right. I, I'm more curious about the world. I'm more curious about life than I ever have been. And so yeah. as an adult, what have you not let yourself be curious about that has been trying to get your attention? Mm-hmm. What has been trying to get your attention? You're like, nope, 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 nope. Is it, oh, I'd make a fool of myself. 
oh, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to jiggle. I don't want to learn that dance. I know I really want to learn how to dance, but I don't want to embarrass myself by jiggling or looking like a fool or maybe I'll fall or whatever the hell it is. Like, what is stopping you from letting yourself be curious? Because curiosity does not mean you have to do everything. It's not an obligation. (laughs) (laughs) You have to do it all, huh? You can't ever go, I'm curious about that, and I can tell that's a no for me. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and I know people who are like that. Like, I've got a friend, I swear, she's hysterical. You know when you take a kid into a store and you say, you you do not touch anything. She, She really should walk around with the sign, like, I am about to touch everything in here. Be warm. Yep. It doesn't matter. I'm over 50 years old. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, that, so you're similar. And yep. I look at her and I just watch and everything she does. And it's hysterical because when she does get scolded for touching something she could, shouldn't or bumping something or whatever it is, her reaction is just that of a child. Like, oops, I didn't know. And it's truly sincere. Like, she's not playing a game. She's being who she is. And it is so fun to go out in the world with her. It is hysterical. I've seen her get up in a restaurant and do a dance-off with a two-year-old. No words spoken. Just the two-year-old's dancing. She gets up and dances. Two-year-old starts dancing back. She dances. And they do this dance while the whole restaurant's staring like, what the hell's happening? And the parents are like, should we? Wait, is this? You know? <laughs> mm-hmm. it's, just, it's really curiosity leads to a lot of play. And... Mm-hmm. You know, why would why are you limiting yourself? Are you? Yeah. Where do you limit yourself? Where don't you? That's my that's what I wonder about. Yeah. I am so willing to be scolded. <laughs> I don't I guess I don't have that that danger gene. It just it I didn't get that installed when I was little or something because I have done so many things, and I'll just, you know, just be talking casually about, oh, yeah, the other day, I blah, 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 blah. people are like, you did what? <laughs> I'm like, well, I went blah, 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 blah. Oh, my God, did you go by yourself? Like, like I've had that reaction from people countless times, and I was like, oh, like, should I not have done that? It didn't occur to me that I shouldn't have done that. It's, it's, that's that curiosity thing. The ex- when somebody tells me about an experience, that they had, or if I read it in a book, or if I saw, you know, I mean, now it's nowadays it's seeing it online, or whatever, you hear about something, and I'm like, ooh, I've never done that, ooh, I've never had that experience, ooh, I wonder what that's like, ooh, I wonder if, what would happen if I did this, and um, I, I'm exactly like your friend, everywhere I go, I have to touch everything, people have commented on my home life, and I'm like, yeah, I'm just a tactile person, oh well, whatever, you know, and, and I am so willing to be scolded if somebody has a problem with that, like, <laughs> It is it is a little bit of this kid-like nature that has always remained, and I think that's what's been fun, you know, when I was around my, my um, nephews. Like you said, your friend who just, you know, two-year-old starts dancing, all right, I can do that too. I get in there and dance right with you or do whatever it is that you're doing. Um, because you're right. To me, curiosity is part of play, and play is part of curiosity. Like there's those energies really complement each other and they really kind of uh, feed each other. And um, play has been one of those things that it's like, it's like um, 
it's like a carrot for me. You know, if you look at the, the system of reward and punishment that's sort of installed in people uh, in, in this life, um, play is a carrot for me. If somebody offers me play, I'm like, ooh, when, where, what are we doing? What are we going? When are we get, can, can, we, can we now? Can we now? Can we now? <laughs> I am, it's like the Pied Piper. I almost can't refuse. So uh, curiosity to me is very much in that energy. And I wanted to go back a little bit to something that you said, just to again kind of make a distinction. We've been sort of making some distinctions and looking at contrasts. And and you had said um, there's a searching for an answer, you know, like searching for an answer. There's a, there's, there's seeking, seeking. And again, don't get hung up on the words. I'm just going to try and describe this so you can kind of maybe tune into the energy. There's something about looking for an answer. Like as soon as I can get the answer to blank, then, you know, my seeking or my searching can stop. And and that's a different energy than curiosity. One of the things I, I recognize about curiosity is that it's it's like following breadcrumbs. There is no end. That never, there, I never get to the end of it. Whatever it is, it just keeps going and going and going and going and going. And and it's um, it's a generative energy. I talked uh, kind of just about what to me generative energy is is uh, um, it's a it's an ir, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, there's no end to the resource. Like generative energy is um, some like self-generating. It just keeps. There's just more of it, more of it, more of it, more of it, and that to me, that's what like curiosity is. When I, when I'm curious, and I can wa- I can see themes in my life where the curiosity has, you know, started as a kid playing with his peepee. I tell you that curiosity has not gone away. Just saying. Um, so, <laughs> like, like there are themes where I've been curious about things, and here, you know, 40, 50 years later, I'm still curious about that thing. I'm still wondering about that thing. I'm still putting my attention on that thing. I'm still like, what else? And what else can you reveal to me? And what else can you show me? And what else is there? So, so to me, that's a very different energy than if I'm just looking for an answer, because I want to come to conclusion. And if I could just get to the answer, then I would finally blank. Um, It's an energy that comes to full stop. So if you're looking for an answer, once you find that conclusion, it's like there's a, there's a, there's a, uh, I've got what I needed. Thanks. And, and that's, and, and again, I'm not making either one wrong. Cause sometimes you just need an answer. Like what, you know, tell me what's going to fix my car. You know, like <laughs> I, I need to know what's going to fix my car and I'm trying to find the answer to fix my car. So there are times when that makes sense. You know, it's not right or wrong, good or bad. We're just contrasting and showing the distinction between the two so that you can begin to recognize, you know, am I looking for an answer to something Maybe if I get the answer, this will be the answer to my safety, the answer to my anxiety, the answer to my, um, you know, my money problems, the answer to my blah, 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 versus curiosity, which is just, it has no end. It just seems to go on and on and on and on and on and on and on. Um, And that's what I notice about myself in that insatiable curiosity. I I can't get enough. So it's, Mm -hmm. but it's delightful. It's not like a, it doesn't cause anxiety. It doesn't cause like, Oh God! When am I going to find out the answer to this? You know, it's, like, it's not like that. It's, it's, um, it's delight. It's a delight. I, I, my whole being delights in being curious and and playing with whatever there is along the way. Mhm. Yeah, I think there's a sense of openness 
a, a sense of mm. openness that comes with the curiosity we're talking about because there is that, you know, and I love the distinction you give. Um, if you are seeking, there's no, that's not wrong at all. It's just, Mm-mm. it's, God, it leads to more. I have never had curiosity, like, come to an end. <laughs> You're right about the nope. breadcrumbs, am I? I still keep following them. That's why I think that, you know, it's like having a sidekick with a wicked sense of humor for me because they just keep throwing, you know, breadcrumbs just because they, it knows I will follow. It knows that I am huh? curious like that. Like, what's this? And then what? And what does this do? And what is that? And it's okay if I go, and what does this do? Oh, I don't like that anymore. Okay, so now what? Because I'll look for the next breadcrumb. It's not yep. if it's good or bad. Like, curiosity to me is not about only finding what's fun or what's good or what's, you know, going to make me money. It, like, it is attached to none of the outcomes of it. It is all mm. about curiosity. And I love what you said about that curiosity is never gone with playing with the baby. Like, oh, what does it do now? Oh, that has been a fun curiosity, let me just say. <laughs> right. And how many people quit being curious because they're like, they've decided what something does, like a pee That's what it does. Okay. <laughs> now that's what it's going to do. That's it. Oh, there's so much more everything can do. Just saying. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Yeah. And so as yeah. I, I was thinking about it, and whenever I get curious, I remember a word that I was, that was kind of sent my way, and that was, you're so impish, like an imp, I-M-P. And so I, looked, mm-hmm. I was looking it up, and it talks about being an open or childlike, mischievous, but guess what? It also comes with the definition of little devil. <laughs> <laughs> I love it more. <laughs> because well, and- that, that just talks about the, the comfort level or the comfort zone yes. that it challenges. I, I don't, yes. I'm not attached to it. I keep going. Exactly. That's exactly it. You know, I mean, one person's devil is another person's play, right? Like that, that, okay. that's the whole thing about where has my curiosity led me? There are a whole lot of people on this planet who absolutely would not have wanted to experience much of where my curiosity has led me. Trust me. They don't want to have anything to do with it. So, there, you know, it's like the, the, there's it's people's point of view. It's like the, your whole thing about, um, you know, getting so worried about where you went and what you did, and oh my God, that's dangerous. Like I don't, I, a lot of what people think is dangerous, I do not have that point of view as dangerous. So, so I'll go do stuff, and people, people, you know, that 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 impish, that little devil, that kind of thing, and I'm like, well, that's fun for me, but they wouldn't think that was fun for them, you know. I mean, if you're worried about, like you said before, looking foolish or making a mistake or getting it wrong or screwing up or whatever, if you've got kind of those rigid, you know, rules set in place about what you can and can't do, that impedes curiosity a ton, a ton. And so there's a lot of people who who would look at what I've, you know, been curious about in my life and went, they might think I was a little devil, but that's just the point of view. And I don't have that point of view. I don't share that point of view. It's fun for me. (laughs) So, you know, um, I don't need protection from myself. I'm fully capable of, like, you know, experiencing and choosing, uh, uh, choosing and experiencing whatever that choice creates. Um, but there's a lot of people that aren't, 
And so look at that for yourself. Are you willing to receive whatever your choice creates, whatever your curiosity creates, wherever it takes you? Or do you find yourself, like you, as you've asked, you know, do you find yourself getting to a certain spot and then going, mm, no, I couldn't do that because I might look like a fool. No, I couldn't go any further than here because, you know, that might, I might lose somebody's um, respect. Uh, you know, I'm, I can't do that because I'm, you know, like, what are you, where are your becauses becoming your, your possibility perimeter for what you could explore? Because to me, curiosity is just part of my experimentation and exploration, and pretty much everybody knows by now, that's just what I, life is just a big, giant experiment for me. So it's all an adventure. And where are you stopping yourself? Because you've got some idea of, you know, what conclusion would occur if you followed your curiosity. And to me, curiosity is actually the antidote to conclusion. I realized how much, and we talked about this a few weeks on the show, I realized how much conclusion I was functioning from um, because of safety and control and things like that. And it really was more about control, 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 control. And then, well, and in relationship, there's a lot of conclusions that we start to function from because it's part of our reference library. We have experiences, and then we file those experiences in the way we felt about those experiences, good or bad, and we file them away in our reference library. And then when we arrive at a moment that seems similar to the one we're at now, we're like, oh, yeah, I remember last time that happened. It didn't go so well. So, you know, I'm going to try and avoid, avert disaster by. So this is the types of conclusions that we're functioning from, especially as we get older and we start accumulating more debris. And I find that if we just take the approach, well, for me, this is, mm-hmm. this is what I do. I take the approach that every moment is a new and novel moment. Even if I've experienced one that was roughly similar or seemingly almost exactly the same, I know it can't be. I know there mm-hmm. can never be a duplicate moment ever. As long as I live, as long as anybody lives, there can never, ever, never, ever, never, ever be a duplicate moment. Because there's, I'm a different person. Whoever I'm enacting with is literally a different person, or you know, they've changed and they're a different person. So knowing that there can never be a duplicate moment, I just threw out the reference library. I was like, yeah, let's just put that in the circular file and let's act as if Every moment is a new, novel moment of now. And what question could I ask, rather than going back to the reference library and going, oh, well, here's all my conclusions about how that's going to go. I hear people say that all the time. They're like, well, last time, or I know, I know that, you know, I know based on my experience or what, blah, blah, blah. It's like, well, what if you don't? What if you ask questions instead? And so that's one of the things that has made a major difference in my relationships, all kinds of relationships with all kinds of people, people I've known for a long time, total strangers, is I ask a lot of questions. That is probably where my curiosity shines the most, is where I, is where I just, I'm constantly asking questions. And sometimes it makes people uncomfortable because they're not used to being asked so many questions. Most people are actually used to being engaged from conclusion. And so when I start asking questions, and, and, and a lot of it is like, well, what do you mean by that? You know, because we might be using the same words. But I'm like, well, your word blank could mean something totally different than my word blank. So instead of functioning from conclusion about what I think you mean, I'm going to actually ask you, well, what do you mean by that? Or what's your point of view about that? Or what do you, you know, I ask a lot of questions. And I find that my, there's a lot more ease in relationships now in, 
it, rather than functioning from conclusion, all the conclusions about what I think I know or my past experiences that led me to believe y, X, Y, or Z, I just ask a question. And it also keeps life fun for me because it is always novel when you're asking questions because you never know what's going to come out of that person's mouth. Even if you ask them the same question yesterday, they might answer it a different way today. <laughs> it's, it's really fun for me. <laughs> mm, I love that. Yeah. Yep. Being in curiosity, just like, well, what does this mean today? You know, I call it living an improvisational life. I really do. Mm-hmm. It's about being in the present moment because to be in impro- improvisation, to improv something is about taking whatever is available in that moment, in that space, in that time, and creating with it. That's what improv is. And so if you think about, if you are, if you are willing to, to do that in your life, first of all, you got to be in that moment. So there's no, you know, past tense, future tense, no need for any of that. You're just in that moment. You're noticing, so you're present, what is available in this moment, this space, this time, and what can I create with it? And for myself, I would say when I did my very first um, improv was, I think it was 2009, I think, and my coach that I worked with, uh, Jack Bernard, that was, he said, you know, if you will live your life as an improv, you'll, you'll never be bored. You'll never feel trapped. You will always know that you can create Mm. something different. And it's Mm -hmm. true. It changed my life. And the number one rule, if you can say rule of improv is say yes, say yes to anything because you can always Say yes and then change your mind, which is all about giving yourself permission to do whatever you want in a moment. But instead of saying no to everything in life and rejecting it just outright from the get-go, it's about saying yes to life. And it's really interesting because I read the book by Shonda Rhimes, The Year of Yes, with a friend of mine that I was doing the Girl Talk Show with, and we started this Year of Yes book club. And so the it's not a typical book club. We do a call once a month and then once a month people would come on talk what they're saying yes to that month. So that started in January. Now here's what's funny. Since May, I've been the only one showing up just this last, this last call beginning here of August, Jenny came back in and showed up for that call. So people saying yes to things stopped. They said, yes, something And it actually took them on another path. And they took that to mean that they weren't saying yes to new things. And so they came to a conclusion that they weren't doing it anymore. And I was so fascinated by the conversations I've had with people like, but you're still saying yes to things. Well, yeah, but it's not big. It's not major. So they, because of the major say yes, creating something, they minimize all the times they say yes in a day. Like saying yes to calling into this radio show is a yes. Like today I said yes to calling in, you know, saying yes to having coffee in the morning, saying yes to having tea in the morning. You're saying yes all the time to life. But sometimes what we do is we, we really get hung up on it's got to be grand. It's got to be big in order to acknowledge it. And that to me is withdrawing that, that continuous expansive, con- expansive contribution of appreciating everything. 
when I appreciate it, I acknowledge it. Like, yeah, I said yes to, you know, rebounding on trampoline for 10 minutes. I said yes to hiking. I said yes to whatever it is. To allow that to continually, like, fuel your momentum going forward instead of going to conclusion and saying, well, I'm not saying yes to anything big, so I didn't come in on the call. And I just, like, I don't even, I, that's not the way I think, you know, yeah. because I say yes all day, every day, and I don't overlook it because it didn't come with a parade. That is really, I'm so glad this is introduced into today's conversation. I love that because as I'm I'm listening, I'm like, wow, yeah, I don't function that way either. Like, but, but I can see, I, I'm imagining, so I'm imagining for a moment, I know there's a lot of people whose lives are um, all about saying yes to what other people would have them choose. <laughs> so mm-hmm. they're, they're approval seekers or they're people pleasers or they put themselves in a position of service to everyone else. And so, so that idea of, of saying yes to things kind of freaks them out in the beginning. And, and <laughs> that's, that's not what we're talking about. <laughs> like you might want to try that as an experiment, you know, get curious about it and see what it creates in your life. But this is about saying yes to you. I mean, this is my interpretation. Mm-hmm. I'll just, I, I, this is my mm-hmm. interpretation. Saying yes yeah. to you, like what, what are your desires? What are you curious about? Like if you have to kind of take your, like you have to wrestle your life back. And I, I've worked with a lot of people who have functioned so much about saying yes to everything and everyone else that they don't even know where they are in all of that. And so they kind of almost have to wrestle their life back out of the grips of everybody else, you know, that they've been serving and that they, and so, so what I think is fun as, as, as an experiment with that is starting to say yes to your own desires, starting to say yes, well, you know, if I didn't have anything to do for, for anybody else, what would I choose? Like what would I, if I didn't have to go you know, do this for my kid or do this for my friend or do this for my mom or do this for my husband or do this for, you know, if, there, if my whole life wasn't run by somebody else's, what, what somebody else would have uh, me choose for them, and I had, you know, a space of even a half an hour, what would I choose for me? And saying yes to that, and and so I I don't I don't have that like I don't choose what other people would have me choose. So when I my life is probably uh, as you're talking about this, I'm looking at my life. I'm like, yeah, that's a series of yeses for me, like all day, in the way that you're talking about, like everything that I. Um, if you're following the breadcrumbs of your curiosity, that is sort of a. a, 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 a 24-7, yes. I mean, that's what it feels like to me. There's very little that feels heavy, like, oh, I have to go do blah, blah, blah. You know, unless maybe it's go renew my car license at the DMV or something. That's not so fun. But you could even find ways to make that fun, you know. like It's it's really interesting when you kind of take your life in, in, in your own hands and take, you know, take command of your life and start really creating like really, really creating what lights you up, turns you on, and is the greatest expression of joy for you, it feels really different. Uh, it does feel like even if, you know, seemingly from someone else's point of view, it doesn't look like you're doing anything exciting. And I can say that my life probably looks pretty boring to most people's point of view. But you know what? It lights me up. It lights me up a lot. And so so as I was saying yesterday in my catch-up conversation with my, with my friend, 
you know, I mean, I could I could have been like, well, you know, I'm still doing this, I'm still doing that, nothing's changed, whatever. But that wasn't the tone of our conversation at all. I was really excited about everything that I've that I've got going on, you know, and it, it, it doesn't have to excite anybody else because it's my life, and I'm living it for me, <laughs> and it's super fun for me. So, you know, what are you what are you downgrading? What are you dismissing? What are you completely like? Oh, yeah, well, this isn't a big, giant, exciting. You know, I'm not off on some big adventure that everyone would think was so cool. Does it have to be like that, or does it just have to turn you on and light you up? Mm-hmm. That's exactly what my, what my, just as I sat and like, oh, well, I'm still doing this. Like, I, I'm still choosing what I'm choosing, and I'm not measuring it according to anything else I've chosen. Like, when I, I look at that and I think about how many excuses we use in our lives to pump the brakes mm. or to push something into the shadows, mm-hmm. to minimize, to downplay. Like, you know, when I, I've got a canvas right now in my office, I've got a big one. It's like, oh, hell, I don't know, 36 by 48, okay? I'm just making up a number. Big one. And then I've got another one on the easel. I started at like 18 by 36. And then I've got some others that are 12 by 12. If I were to say that the 12 by 12 does not have artistic value or isn't beautiful or whatever because it's not the size of the other one, okay, it's not as big as the other ones, that'd be asinine. It's just a different expression. They're not even done in the same style of art. One is, you know, a fluid pour type thing. It's very flowy. Another one is very intuitive. Another one feels like it has more structure. But they're all expressions. And and not everybody's going to appreciate all of them. That's not what it's about. It's just an expression that came through me that I wanted to put on canvas. That's all it is. And if we can look at our lives and go, wow, I really pumped the brake on that. Like I literally pumped the brake on that moment in time by comparing, by going to fear, by trying to, you know, secure the conclusion, whatever it is. If I, if you can become aware of where you do that, it's an invitation for you to let go, to lighten up, really, lighten up. Like, what would it take for you to just let go? And yeah. are you willing to follow the breadcrumbs? Mm-hmm. I've got a question that just popped. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is there anything that, you know, the, the list, like, just those of you listening, now or in the future, mm-hmm. Is there anything mm-hmm. that you that lights you up that you love that's really fun for you that you feel at any degree at all embarrassed about? Like, what do you feel like? Oh no, I, I you know I can't do that in front of people, or I, maybe you don't even let yourself do it because you know it's it's something that you judge would be you know I wouldn't I wouldn't I wouldn't want to get caught do I don't know like I'm I'm sitting here <laughs> we're talking. <laughs> See, I'm amusing myself already. I love my bunny TV. I've talked about it on the show before. I have bunnies, rabbits that live under my porch. So when I sit in my office, which faces the front of my house, there are bunnies all the time playing in my front yard. Pretty Not right now, as a matter of fact, but pretty much all the time. And I will sit here and watch them play. 
and run around and chase each other or lay in the sunshine or eat grass or scratch their ears or whatever they're doing. I love bunny TV. It lights me up. It feeds my aliveness. It gives me joy. You know, like a lot of people would be like, that chick is weird. You know what I mean? There's a, you know, is there something that you love that lights you up that gives you joy? I mean, bunny TV, right? Like that's just sort of a silly little thing, but whatever. Do you, judge yourself that that's weird or people would think it was weird um you know have 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 you ever been at a uh it's summertime now and you know sometimes you go to open spaces in in cities or whatever and they have those fountain things where like water shoots up from the you know uh, they're at different times right like this one shoots up over here and then mm-hmm. this one goes over here or maybe they you know cross and little kids love to play in them but sometimes big kids love to play in them too you know, like, do you stop yourself because you're like, oh, my God, what would people think if I went running through this with the five-year-olds? You know what I mean? Like, right. are there things that that stop you? Do you feel embarrassed? Do you think people are going to think you're weird? It just, this is what I'm wondering. Because all of this <laughs> is part of what can, if you allow it, feed your aliveness on just, you know, every day. Like, the little things, I, I think, are sometimes the most... Um, uh, nourishing that's the word I'm looking for Some like sitting here watching Bert and Bunny TV I tell you that nourishes me every day there's all kinds uh-huh. of little things like that that you know you talk about sitting and having your coffee in the morning um, you know uh-huh. people have stuff like that all the time the other day my body was screaming for a bath and I was like oh are you kidding me it is so hot like in the summertime I generally don't take baths because it's I'm not a big fan of the heat. And to like sit in a bathtub when it's 85 degrees outside, I'm like, uh-uh. <laughs> but my body was <laughs> screaming for a bath, and I was like, okay, I'll get in. You know, and it's funny how I might have said no to that. I might have been like, oh, God, I'm going to sit there and sweat or whatever. But, boy, did it nourish me. It nourished my body, and my body was so happy and thankful and grateful after I did it. <laughs> What are you saying? This is just a fun question to play with. What are you saying no to that might be a contribution if you weren't in the conclusion of why you can't do that? Right. I wonder. You know, I wonder. It reminds me of this last weekend. My wife and I, we were like, well, let's go see what fun we can have in the world. And so we went grocery shopping, you know, where you're going to go have fun in the world. And uh, we're walking through the store, and we walk to the back of, it was a Walmart store, and we walk back, and I see this bin, and it looks like there's stuffed animals in it. And as we get closer, it's a bunch, I shit you not, it's mascot heads, like adult size, <laughs> pole with eyes, put it on your head, you're suddenly like a cat. And I'm like, oh, no. Being <laughs> we race up. And, you know, the character play begins right there. And it was amazing how much engagement happened. People would play with the characters we were in. There was a little girl. She heard Sherry meowing, and um, (laughs) she was being a cute little black and white kitten. And this little baby girl, she wasn't even probably three years old. She came to the end of an aisle looking and looking, and, and then she got nervous, and then, you know, and dad picked her up and brought her over to Sherry and she was shy and all that, but people engaged. The moment we got curious about what's this and you know, what, what sound does a tiger make and what sound does a kitty cat make? And then what sound, you know, we were playing that game. 
and people engaged. It was such an invitation. It was we were in a space of curiosity and play so big. And I mean people are coming down the aisles. People are stopping and looking at us. People are giggling and chuckling as they go by, right? And it was so big that there was an invitation. There was plenty of room for them as well to engage. And that to me is what curiosity does. Because if I'm only going to play, which is tomorrow's topic, if I'm only going to play when it's safe, then when people mm. come around the corner, I'm going to, you know, I might jerk off the little head thing off my head and go, oh, no, no, okay, <laughs> just, okay, nothing to see here. But instead, when we're in curiosity about what this is going to create and we go into play, usually what we attract is playmates. We've been in the aisle before in um, the toy section playing with the minions because they give them little voices, and then we found a fart gun. And, oh, my gosh, we were, we were laughing so hard as we were going through all the different varieties of farts, fart sounds that they had made this little gun do. And so from then on, we'd walk through the store, and every once in a while we'd just reach over and make the little gun fart. And we had people looking at us like we were so wrong. It was hysterical how inappropriate it was. And yet, we didn't care because we were in curiosity about, about how much fun we could have. And we had played. We bought the damn thing. We brought it home. I mean, we've got props all over our house. We definitely need a fart gun for health things. And so we play with those things because we're curious about what it's going to create in our life. Now, that little you know, goofy toy of a fart gun ended up playing with the cashier and she started laughing. It was holding her stomach and laughing and laughing. And she said, thank you so much. I needed that. I just found out my boyfriend cheated on me. And we we're like, Oh, <laughs> that sucks. You know, like, uh, you're welcome. And she chose to engage. She chose to be in the play and the curiosity and, and just be like, I can laugh. And sometimes that's what curiosity does for us. It can change just our state of being. It can change our mood. It can change all of that. And that is the choice. It's up to us. It's up to each of us. And if we're doing any of it according to what somebody else is doing, then are we really honoring ourselves? It's like what I was saying with the book club, you know. Am I still doing what I'm doing even if nobody else is showing up? Well, yeah, I am. And even when my co-host doesn't show up, yeah, I'm still being me. She's just being her. And I'm not attached to that. And it doesn't matter what the participants are doing or not doing. Mm-hmm. I'm the one who started it. I'm continuing. I'm just being me. And that's me following the breadcrumbs. Because I yeah. don't have any idea how it's going to go. I just know I'm willing to find out what I can create in this moment. Well, and I think that's that's the obstacle, right? We've kind of been talking a little bit, too, along with what, what might be obstacles in the way of allowing these, because each one of these is a generative energy, kindness and appreciation and gratitude and, you know, everything we've been talking about this week, the generative nature, the expansive nature of these things. And then where, what are some of the obstacles? We've asked some of those questions. And if you have any ideas, about what is the right way to behave, what is the right way to be. And here's one that gets in the way as an obstacle I see a lot. This idea of what is appropriate. What is appropriate. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of times people don't do things because they it's been deemed by somebody somewhere along the way 
has deemed that as not appropriate. That is not appropriate. That is not appropriate. That is not. You are not appropriate. So if if you if you've got this, there's a wrong way to be, a wrong a, a right way to be, and you're not it. You're being so. So then it's going to shut you down. It's going to shut you down entirely from whatever is natural, whatever wants to bubble up and arise naturally in that moment. And so look at your appropriate. Um, it's like a it's like a, uh, a governor. It's like a um, gatekeeper. That's the word I was looking for. It's like a gatekeeper. Mm-hmm. You have a gatekeeper standing there going, "You can't do that. That's not appropriate." Or you've got another gatekeeper telling you, um, you know that that whatever. What's your what are your gatekeepers? What are your gatekeepers that are stopping you from whatever would naturally arise in that moment? And um, Get rid of them would be my suggestion. <laughs> Fire those fuckers! <laughs> yeah, because them, get them out of there. <laughs> yeah, is it is it really a contribution to you to constantly hold yourself back from from whatever mm-hmm. is that? It's it it reminds me of uh, what the image that popped into my head is like um, if you've ever been to a horse race or a dog race. And, you know, they've got the, the, the fence thing at the beginning of the race, and you, you everybody, all the horses get lined up or the dogs or whatever, and they're, like, pushing against the gate, right? Can we go now? Is it now? Can we, I want to run. Can we go now? Like, they're, like, try and hold yourself back from what a nat- naturally wants to arise in you, your natural curiosity, your natural play, your natural – I'm so excited that we get to finally talk about play tomorrow. <laughs> Yes. Your natural your natural generosity, your natural kindness, these things that are natural that have that don't necessarily fit into the world around us. And we've like, oh well, in order to look like I fit into the world around us, I need to stop myself from being all of this other stuff that's quite natural. Um, it's my sense, frankly, that we would all be very childlike all the way through our adulthood. If things didn't come in and say, that's not appropriate, you can't do that, that's wrong, aren't you embarrassed, you should be ashamed of yourself. Like all the stuff that gets delivered us over the years is what begins to, like we start going, oh, oh, I mean, it's that, it's that um, outsourcing our inner authority again. And, and then we start internalizing what everybody else says we should be ashamed. Don't touch his pee-pee, don't play with that, you know, like there goes the curiosity right out the window. Like, all of this stuff, it is my sense that we would be very childlike, long into adulthood, long into, you know, if we didn't have all of that stuff delivered of us that says, don't be you. Mm, you might want to reverse that. Just saying. <laughs> right. Way more fun. Well, I wonder if we, if we actually allowed ourselves to embrace that, if everything that was labeled childlike, think about the attributes, think about the virtues, think about the behaviors that that's childlike. What if that what if, what if that actually was what being human was? Mm. All of those Dumb. attributes. Yeah, that that's the life that I choose to live. Anything is considered childlike, I'm in it. That's why I have bubblegum ice cream in my freezer right now. <laughs> I love it because it makes me very, very excited, and I love to count the bubble gums that I get in my scoop. And <laughs> I love mm. it. And I blow bubbles with those bubble that bubble gum too, big ones that pop on right. my face. Yes. <laughs> so whatever you're doing today, thank you for joining us for this show of seducing aliveness. And you know, it's up to you, but we really do invite you to. 
engage with your curiosity, see where it leads, see what it creates. What do you experience? And share it with us over on our Facebook page, Seducing Aliveness. And we will be back tomorrow to talk about play. I'm so excited. My favorite four-letter word. Yes. All right. Tomorrow, everybody. Bye. Thanks, everyone. Bye-bye.